0: Welcome to Descender from Klarna, a podcast where we dive deep below the surface of design. I'm your host, Rachel Rosenson, and in the last episode of our UX Writers mini-series, I'll catch up with the content product design duo of Alfonso Maestro and Heron Song to hear about how they've created a collaborative design process here at Klarna. Let's meet our guests before we dive in. First, we have Alfonso Maestro, who's a UX writer in Klarna's banking division. Before switching to tech, he was a creative copywriter, and he's a creative copywriter, having worked for such brands as Mercedes, Bosch, and Karna. Some of his hobbies include speeding and slowing, cooling and freezing, and now banking and saving. Hey, Alfonso, how's it going? Hey, Rachel, hi. Have you frozen anything lately?
1: I just got a new fridge, which (laughs) took, ironically, because I live in Germany, took like five weeks to be delivered because of the supply and supply chain stuff that's going on in the world.
0: I got you. I thought it was just because of German efficiency that is the that they love to brag about.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's passé.
0: <laughs> well, glad it finally arrived and that you can cool down for the summer. And also joining us, Heron Song is back. You might remember this product designer from our season one episode about being a specialist or a generalist. But this visual artist turned product designer is back to share with us her learnings about working side by side with UX writers at Klarna. When she's not working on Klarna's bank account product, she's creating and hosting tutorials about high fidelity prototyping on Protopie on her YouTube channel, Soda Design. Hey, Heron, have you put anything in your refrigerator lately?
2: Oh my gosh, actually, we have like also like a new fridge uh, and (laughs) actually it's like life changer. (laughs) yeah it's like a long wish from my husband so i mean we are totally dumping a lot of stuff in there right now no frost not anymore there
0: you go everyone's upgrading their appliances i didn't expect that to kick off our episode this could become a fridge episode or we could also start talking about how you two work together so for our listeners alfonso and Heron are kind of known as creating this really incredible UX writing product design collaboration here at Klarna. I think our UX writing sub competence is still rather new being two or three years old. And this is kind of one of our strongest case studies of how do we figure out this process and experience? And so I'm super stoked to hear how you two developed this process together and, and what maybe the rest of us can kind of learn from what you've done. So, I'm curious, how do you two work together? And maybe, like, what's the team setup or project setup that you're working with? Alfonso, maybe
1: if you can kick us off. So, basically, Heron sits in a team, in a product team that's central to the banking experience. And I float. I float around. We are moving to another model now, though. As we mature as a sub competence, we lower the ratio of the teams that we serve. So, it's moving towards one to three one writer for three uh, teams. But yeah, when I started, it was basically me, myself, and I for the whole domain. And yeah, Herin was one of the first to collaborate closely.
0: And how did you actually build that case for, for getting more UX writers in the group? You just mentioned that you're now going to be having, it seems like quite a few more UX writers as you go to this one to three model. Uh, what brought about that change?
1: So basically we were spread very thin at the very beginning. There were other writers before me, obviously, but in my section in banking, I was the very first, we had another joiner briefly after great writer, Michelle Tucker. Everybody really acknowledged pretty much all of our shortcomings, like organizationally challenges, like staffing and such. So we started trying to figure out like how to work best from the beginning. And one of the key things was, okay, we need more writers. So we slowly moved towards this ideal. Uh, model, But at the very beginning, it was more about prios, right? So let's get this stuff launched. Let's get us started.
0: And Heron, what was that like for you as a product designer who all of a sudden had some UX writers around as a resource?
1: Yeah, actually,
2: it was not a really a meet-cute situation with Alfonso. I was actually like wishing on the well, uh, which means uh, like really annoying my managers to get UX writers onboarded because as partially, you know, that I am a non-native speaker. So I was pretty desperate to get some help on the content and tone of voice, especially as you know, we're working on the traditional bank, which we are building a new bank, like challenging those jarring languages from institutional or technical language into more human friendly narrative. was a very crucial to our experience. So having content designers or UX writers were a very essential, so. I was so happy to have actually Afonso and Michelle on board. It So you, it seems, were already primed to start working with UX writers. Talk to me about
0: how that first project kind of went. How did you guys begin your working relationship?
1: Well, very unromantically. So we, <laughs> we made it work. Uh, if you want to spice it up, we met at the elevator, to the third floor <laughs> <laughs> and started kicked it off. So it was the, the, the big first project was launching the banking offer first in Germany and the yeah well the big goal like overall for like the company mission is to make things easier for peeps with uh, with their products and we because of all the setup thing being so new to to us the the we expanded this mission to make lives easier to ourselves as well so trying to figure out a process to that enables us to not go crazy as we uh, make other people's lives easier. <laughs> If if you get what I mean.
0: Was there already a brief? Were there already designs? Like what was the phase of the project where content and and design started
2: to really collaborate? So actually Alfonso and I were just like starting off with a Google Doc brief. And like we were not really understanding each other with this piece of brief because we at that time we were wor- working with a sketch. And so it was really difficult to communicate uh, to understand the, all the context and the nitty-gritties that we to tackle because copy is like everywhere. So Google doc didn't really work well for us. If you cannot really point out, Hey, this, this page of this section is really difficult to navigate that. So we started to try different things from Miro. So we had like a flower garden. We just make it a nickname that was making fun of our board. We have so many duplicates of board of copies and comments. So we actually had to color code it like red for like to do and the yellow to solve or green for product managers to review. So we were like experimenting different things, but it was not really so efficient as well, because we have so many duplicates. We started to lose lose track on like how we communicate and collaborate. And luckily we move on to Figma and actually we started to make some guidelines from there because now we can super easily communicate, but now it's too much so engineers can dive in writers dive in. So what's the set of rules? So we actually, with Alfonso and Michelle Tucker, like with other amazing writers, we started to make these guidelines to define like, how do we communicate like system status, or how do we even handle this comments of, of iterations, or how do we actually Keep the version. Do we keep it? There was like a, a long history of experimentation with writers and also engineers and product managers. How do we actually make this happen in different platforms and with different toolings?
1: The thing that we did, we were it was a huge volume of material because uh, we had the launch coming, and we did it on Miro to just to have the benefit of real-time uh, collaboration because the branching stuff with with Sketch proved too difficult to work so quickly, and that was like a big dirty. Bruce Willis style, mud in the face, uh, project, like one big audit that we, we did. And after that, we started collecting learnings and as as Heron says, right now we have a very smooth framework about how to work together, but that took us some time to, to create.
2: Actually it was raised from engineer. Like he didn't understand why or what the status of the, the contents or copies, and then actually Everything just like started from like the problems that we tried to solve on making the process better for not only from designers, but also from from the product team or outside of our team.
0: So you've on the one hand guidelines around content and on the other hand, a framework for working together. And I really want to dive into both of those. Which came first or is it a chicken and egg situation?
1: There was a lot of like pattern content of like, okay, this is kind of what we want to say. And the experience and basically the English language brand of Klarna was there, right. But not for banking. So the added complexity was, uh, how do we sound like a bank, but not sound like a bank, but still sound like a bank because you want to reach the people, but you want to be different, but you want to be a big bank at the same time. And then in German, I was the first German language writer to join. Now we have copywriters and all kinds of writers, uh, German too. The voice just doesn't exist. So the only thing that exists before writers join is nothing, a void, a deep yawning chasm. It's (laughs) you need to define the whole voice throughout all the tones. So depending on the user's emotional state, you want to be more formal or less formal. Right. And that at the beginning, without guidelines, without anything needs to be negotiated basically word by word because people ask questions uh, and rightly so. And so the, the, it's very recommendable to try to move quickly towards documentation, uh, towards defining that voice, but it's challenging because of the, um, yeah, thinly spread butter on the bread at the beginning. So yeah, it was a balanced act. I
0: mean, it's kind of a wild setup you started a project being severely understaffed with a lack of brand guidelines and a massive project that has a ton of content, every touch point. That's super critical because it's a a banking financial product and you have to do it all at once while actually delivering. And so as a UX writer, how do you then begin to untangle that knot and create a a process of quality or, or sanity even for yourself?
1: Well, the great starting point was my competence lead who also speaks German. So he was great in guiding me towards trying to sort of have my ideas ferment into something more um, sustainable or more lasting. So trying to figure out the first, you know, sort of solutions to these problems, guidelines or process wise, because my, so my skill set of writing in other languages, other than the master version, English, requires me to think about like localization process also. Do
0: you have a specific example of, of an area that, that fermented? So
1: I guess what's negotiated most is like the rigidity of the language. On one hand german is very it's very difficult to sound casual or there's a thin line between like casual and sloppy or like to sounding like too young if you introduce too many english words for example there's a sweet spot that you have to hit for example one kind of rule i developed is that i try to break everything into small pieces because of our vertical setup vertical screens german is very prone to like big compounding so just trying to break these words into a more actionable, like English, like that was, that's like slightly experimental and yeah, I got great help there.
0: Interesting. You're actually working quite often with marketeers as well as product designers. Uh, uh, How, how do I face this? What what would you say is the balance? When are you working with marketeers? When is it product design? When is it PMs? When is it your competence lead?
1: So very sporad, well, at the beginning, like sporadically, I would also put on the copywriting hat because we had no copywriter yet. So for very important assets, I would also do that for a second, although it was not my And when those people joined, like having felt the need for um, sort of a network, a writer's network or community, I started collaborating closely with them. So this like holistic brain of, of my product marketing colleagues really helped me get into this product thinking because our job as UX writers is very much to be the glue between between teams and between competences, to make everything kind of fit and feel consistent. And that's a, ta- a taxing thing if you don't have that kind of support like from product marketing.
0: So there's quite a lot of help there when it came to maybe developing this brand voice and, and understanding the start of localization. How were you then bringing that into your collaborative process between you and Heron? What did it start to look like when when you guys were in that Miro board or, or talking about how this Miro board doesn't work and you need to change things up? But What was kind of going on there?
1: So, well, I expected it to be uh, imperfect at the beginning. And I expect, so this freedom that comes with having something that's open, that's, that's still not defined, comes with a lot of questions, questions I do not have the answer to immediately. and. I think that was the shared experience for you as well, Heron, right? Like very, very many things to tackle and just trying to solve them together. No?
2: Yeah. I mean, since like other growing uh, companies, Clona is a very fast paced development. So always there's a task to be prioritized and we really have to be like a superman, superwoman to chuck, 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 complete the task. So always like improving the parallel in parallel to our ways of working was not a uh, simple task, but I think we're running pretty great since the guideline project.
0: Talk to me about this guideline project. I'm curious from you here and if you can walk me through
2: it. So actually there was a graph flag from engineers that he was understanding some of like a copy updates or, or. From our side, we don't know like when there are a lot of improvements we wanted to change since the copy or content is forever evolving. We don't know like how to communicate with engineers because we cannot talk every time we have. Oh, we want to change this. We want to change that. So we want to be very uh, strategic around it. So. So we started actually to brainstorm and we've created a whole journey, nitty-gritty journeys, like where do we meet, where do we communicate, and whom do we communicate? And there actually was so many small rules that we can set. So we kind of gave up the flowchart and we started to map in mirror like big, big gem. And then we actually tried to make a guideline instead of having a chart because it was not possible to make every decision or rules for small little things. So we actually just collect like the best nuggets and best practices that we learned during a course of time. And then we uh, mapped it out as a like five, six simple steps. So like, for example, we had like, most importantly, we have like agreement and alignment on like who drives or when. So what we first agreed was like, we both as a partner, as a product design and content design or UX writers want to be in the same spot when the product or project get started. And then we, we made some sort of a checklist to go through like stakeholders review or having a localization steps or how do we sign up who do, who will sign off It's kind of like agreements, like in high level so that we don't mess up things or like stop repeating some of the re-requesting from, from the legals or the marketing's oh, by the way, we were not part of this conversation. So we need to have this copy. So there were some of a lot of rotating questions and requests. So we try to cut off sort of those like unnecessary like, like steps just because we forgot to include someone early enough. So we have like this set of rules on in terms of big process so that we are agree and aligning on it. And then we communicate with the other stakeholders. So after this we also made some of like a tools like in Figma like labeling labeling the status for each screens like if the copy is done or is this English copy or German copy, or uh, is this already handed off so that engineers knows and other stakeholders also know. And then we also use some of other like rules within the Figma like, okay, like we already learned from mirror board that it didn't really work. We it and leave the comments. So let's be responsive with the comments. So when the project is done, we will close all the comments and also the, the screens and we clean up and, and product designer will be responsible for, for that, like preparing the board, cleaning up, make sure every comments are read. So we actually set small to big alignments and agreements so that everyone is also be aligned, like how we process. One of the things that really worked well that we agreed, agreed one on was like being part of the PR review, which means pull requests. So since some of the copies were like having a gap between design and what is really implemented. So we actually, everyone went into like a code review before it get merged so that we make sure everyone is reviewed and then the code will be merged, so that engineers don't get confused that, Oh, what is this copy? We are not aware of it. Who did this, uh, edit, et cetera, et cetera. So in a nutshell, we have a high level of process, how, or when whom should be be part of each step in five to six steps and then we had tools to support us to make a little bit this each process uh, smoother. So and we'll keep like putting nice. some more tips in there, but Alfonso maybe can uh, add some more tips there.
1: Yeah. So no, everything that you said, so it helped immensely this um, whole thing with versioning, status, progress, right? It's all like making all that stuff available at one glance for people on the board, that's a huge step forward in the like in project management. And the big goal of all this really relates to the goal I mentioned at the beginning of making our lives easier, protecting our, our wetware in a way. Because uh, the problem we're attacking here is really the like everybody suffers from this, right? Context switching, you get so atomized if you have many projects and also many channels can get tagged on Figma in a comment. Get a notification by email. You get tagged in a Slack group. Then you get a direct message. So all of that, if you can avoid it, really keeps you um, sane and helps you work more efficiently. And by having these standards, you can really lay out everything. And just at one glance, you can know, OK, this has been done in German or not. Is this Has this been taken on by engineering or not? It's really, really helpful. And Figma really provides all that just need to like choose one way of doing it and it really helped
0: like what i'm hearing from you all is that when it came to collaboration it wasn't as much about understanding values and and who does what as much as it was like having a shared language and a shared understanding of this is how we have work expectations together because we are sharing files and we are sharing timelines and so there needs to be like a clear relationship around how we can go in the same direction together, like I'm assuming probably asynchronously.
1: It's like the the turtleneck jeans thing from Steve Jobs. It's like trying to reduce the amount of little choices that you have to make all the time, preserves your brain, right? So for example, we have one components, right? So we have one indicator for status that has, I don't know, um, German done or German in the works or whatever. If I don't have to, like, figure it out every time I, I, I tag it or write it by hand, this is status X. Mm. Uh, just, it's just a millisecond of uh, time and, you know, one watt of energy <laughs> that I can, like, dedicate to, you know, quality, strategy, coffee.
2: I mean, also, like, UX writing competence itself is sort of like new kids on the block. And I think we we cannot skip the steps to just understand each other, to build a, a relationship. And since there's no like big practices on the market, like how to do things. So I think it's always up for however you want to make those relationship and communication styles. So I think just having a, a moment and have a step back and just agree on things like what what do you like as a writer? What do you like as designer? Do you like to lead on this? Do you want to be responsible on this? Just having those agreements, I think, those collections eventually become sort of a guideline like or practices like how you guys actually agree on and i mean this is not like like set in stone it's, it should be like evolving guidelines but i think definitely having something like documented helps a lot because i think in startup or fast-paced uh, environment you easily just neglect the documentation but i think it saves a lot of time for internally and externally. Um, there's this big need for you to be in sync and having these
0: documentation practices work. But I think the common thing I've heard over these past couple episodes, and it's been such a learning experience for me as well about you know getting into the, the UX writing world, is that because it's still a new field, it often is understaffed at most companies and teams, I think is the common thing. And mm-hmm. there's a challenge UX writers are having of like, I want to showcase my value, but I'm spread too thin, so I can't bring as much value as I want. But then I'm not getting the resources to bring in more UX writers because I'm too thin to show like what I'm capable of. And so if a UX writer is juggling many teams and many projects at once, how can they how can they buy into a process like this and and contribute if maybe they don't always have the time for it?
1: I think that's a matter of need the willpower to just want to improve it. For example, this one was started by Heron with with the Figma workspace but I don't know I started I said I need time to do work on the German style guide I'm gonna take I don't know half a day or week or so to work on that that the scope is so big doesn't mean that you have to you know work on weekends or anything it's just about choices it's all about choices people are aware of the resources and mostly the, the, the priors are set the same so just getting buy-in from people, like convincing people about the problems that you have and the gigantic relief you will have by solving them. I can give you one great example about around naming. So naming products is like a tough thing. So it's, so we do own the design in an abstract way, but like on an operational level, stuff like the product is owned by the product manager. Right. Ultimately. So. Tough strategic calls, like how do we call this, are uh, owned by them now. In the process of getting there, especially with with how do we call this in English, in Swedish, in German, how does it fit our ecosystem, our growing ecosystem? What patterns do we have in place? So there are so many competing agendas from you know the lawyers, the product people, the marketers, and most of them are non-writers, so they they're not into the like morphology stuff that goes into creating a word that has long legs. Right. So we stumbled with the naming process for a couple of projects. So we had two or three like cases where it was we got there, it was bumpy, right? And then we just we sat together, we said, okay, we need to solve this. We need a framework. And we raised it to turn it into a team delivery, basically. Then we worked uh cross collaboratively on, on it with I worked with a copywriter. We worked with our researcher, the copywriter as the lawyers. It was, it was very good. And in the end we had like a big constitution on <laughs> how naming works and it solved not all, but it solved some problems already.
0: What are the problems that it hasn't solved for you yet? Where are the areas you'd like to improve?
1: One thing is the time management stuff that's still tough. So for example, the localization thing, as I said, the name of the game is go big or go home. We need to expand 500 countries in five minutes, and obviously, most c- companies are not ready to do that in a super convincing fashion. So they come out with great product, but it's it's like skipping leg day, right, at the gym. So you come out, you have a great-looking product, etc. But like the in in X language, the, there's you can feel that the like cultural competence of that the language. Uh, sort of radiates it's not at its best so the all the mojo that we put into the english version goes lost a little if we if you don't do localization right so one of the issues that i find is that localization doesn't have to be done like at the very end of the of the process that's one thing that you need to constantly negotiate to push it back more to the beginning to have it be more integrated into the thinking and to because it has a huge impact
2: so eventually, like nowadays, I just ask our phones to like, give a choice, like, do you have time to work on the screens or shall we just go on a Transifex and run with this other programs so that we can skip it and then maybe we park it to the next iterations to actually optimize for the, the localized language. You mentioned you're not a
0: native English speaker and I know you do not speak German and <laughs> and you're working on this English German product. Like how has working with Alfonso changed the way that you think about content within your design work?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, really like, uh, I just like was joking earlier with Alfonso that Alfonso is my, uh, a very brand new uh, plugin for (laughs) for (laughs) the content. But definitely I'm like having Alfonso like just changed everything. We definitely became more stronger in content-focused, like human-friendly language uh, approach. Because previously, as as you, as you mentioned, like since I'm not like, language is not my best suits in terms of gram, gram, grammars, but also tone of language is very challenging, especially with the banking. And also, by very working closely with engineers and product managers, you kind of get stuck in very techy words and you don't even notice at some points. And you just cannot really think something else. And by having Alfonso is like a sparring partner that he just elevates and reminds me like what kind of language what user will use. For example, like my one of my favorites like copy updates for like an error message, like small piece of error message. It was about like I think we were saying like, oh, you have insufficient balance. I was so used to it. And then like I think Alfonso and Michelle updated to currently your money is too low so it's something more like that you would use in the daily life
1: it's a continuum right it's like you yeah. can start super stiff like insufficient funds like super robotic. yeah you can take yeah. it to almost stupid sounding like you don't have enough money dude yeah right? So <laughs> in there in between that's the like the space that we, or we look for the sweet spot
2: for sure <laughs> like i mean before alfonso came in like we didn't even I mean, none of our team is actually a German speaker. So we were heavily relying on Transifex. but actually during our project, we actually realized also the Transifex service provider, they don't have a context on the the experience. So their translation is really based on like language itself, but there's no context or no human friendly, like crafting there or effort. So Alfonso and I, like when we have English version, we, we talk about the German, like does this work for Germans or is it too long for Germans? So we actually also optimize our English having in mind how the German will look like and or if this is going to fit into the design. So definitely, I mean, we also got like a great feedback from the user interview that actually users think that our our languages are very friendly. So we were like, yes, like <laughs> our effort paid off. But yeah, a lot of things really changed since our UX writers came in. I mean, especially as you just mentioned and Alfonso, like he's really busy, like he works across the teams. It's really difficult, it's more and more difficult to grab him to dedicate to a project. But because of that, Alfonso and writers in general do the key roles of stitching like different experience. So if I name something and they will say, Oh, by the way, in the other team they were using this, oh, shall we like align on this? So they make a really great role on on really making a consistent and cohesive experience and user experience. Yeah, a lot of things changed. (laughs) Uh,
1: You mentioned one thing that's very interesting. The Transfix thing, it's a a tool. We have a service provider that does translation services for us, but a problem that I see now that we're talking about collaboration and such talk about integrating the writer into the design process, want to be integrated, right? And the same goes for localization. So you want to integrate carrots into your diet. You need to have the carrots in the <laughs> fridge, right? Not in the, I don't know, in the attic or something, unless you're a crazy psychopath and you spend most of your time in your attic. But <laughs> the point is that the localization stuff at the moment, for, in, in many companies, it lives like outside of our closest design space, which is Figma in our case. So, and that's really tough for the the translating people. I think many people don't know how tough their job is because they don't always, that's an euphemism, they don't get the visual context. They don't see the experience. They're like strings of copy. It's like an impossible task, right?
0: Yeah. I think it's uh, it's quite tough with localization and it's growth is so important at Klarna as we go to more and more markets, like you mentioned, it's like hundreds per year and. And we aren't all these experts. And I feel like UX writing, it becomes obvious because okay, you literally don't speak that language, but it's just an obvious place to see the problem. That problem still very much exists with product design. Is there any ways that you've found to better improve this process? The
1: main problem is the topic is boring for everyone. It's like, ah, localization, right? Like we can expand. Look at the numbers. They're 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 using it, right? So it's it's hard to uh, sell as a problem. Then the expertise problem is another one. I don't know one person who has a good understanding of, like, well, maybe one. He was on the show, Joseph Bertino. <laughs> he he thought about that for a, for a long time. But it's very complex because the like we have big stake linguistically, right? But there's engineering. There's it's like complex engineering stuff behind that. And uh, also it's not only about product writing, it's about translation services for imagine copywriting um, or marketing material or CRM stuff or such. So its impact is so wide and that there's almost no one who, who has a bird's eye view on it and could really consult and say, okay, this is the way to go. So it's pretty futile to try to solve it on your own. You need to to have a group of people or one great expert. So yeah, it's it's a tough nut.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we've had this great conversation where we've talked about what are the successes when it comes to a better process. So it's shared understanding, less time spent on the small decisions and more time just spent on like the things that matter. It seems like you have a much better collaboration and and also communication with engineers on, on what's going on. It also seems like maybe some of the challenges to come are still around localization. And of course, like having resource constraints, like you don't always have the UX writer who's around. I guess maybe to wrap it up, it'd be interesting for someone who's trying to improve the process, whether you're a product designer, a UX writer, a PM, someone who's working with content and says, okay, I know that this can get better. How would you recommend that they start to kind of reflect and and build the conversation around these improvements
1: so approach well i guess you it's like the same then with the with design Heron, right so we have ideas that we can't implement right away because they require cross-team alignment investment from engineering etc the same goes with for project you say oh let's Combine, you know, your framework and mine and then we'll have one powerful framework, but it takes a lot of time and effort. So I like to at least discuss them. And if it's a good idea to just take it down and talk about it with the right people until the time arises to, to take it on. Normally waiting is not a great strategy in my experience, just need to start slow and learn fast.
2: I would definitely recommend to have a more synergetic journey as a multidisciplinary team because I think the best will be everyone is involved in the right moment and in right level. You don't want to bump everyone with the meetings and things and everything. So it has to be there should be a set of agreements what would be the right persons and in the right method that should be onboarded but definitely having those like in early stage understanding the problem together the what we're trying to solve and to plan the next step efficiently i think that will be the key for not not having anyone be confused or left out and which will circle back again the later phase and bite your ass and so eventually <laughs> having a great teamwork with a shared ownership that leads to a great product experience will be like having a success as a as
1: a team. The Sender is sponsored by the design team at Klarna. It's produced by Jumotan Andersson, Francesca Cutulu, Melanie Lefbird, Anusha Hussein, and Rachel Rosenson. To learn more about your regular career paths on the Klarna design team, head to klarna.com careers. A special thanks to Aldrian Högström for our music throughout this episode. Got questions you want to hear other designers answer? Write us at thesender.clarna.com See you next time!